Alright, in the month of December, we are talking about creating your world. Now, let me just be clear. If you're visiting this morning for the first time and you didn't hear last week, go to YouTube, listen to the teaching so you get the context of what we say. You and I cannot create our own world. We can, because God's given us the power, because we're created in His image. But if we want to create a good world, if we want to create the right things, we've got to partner with God. Can you say amen? We've got to catch the spirit and the heart of who and what God's called us to be and walk in step with that as we grow in the things of God. And so we said last week, to do that, there are five revelations that we need to understand and we need to ask God to give us in our lives if we're going to be successful in creating a world that makes a difference. All right? And when I talk about creating your world, I'm literally talking about your world where you live, where God has placed you and deposited you in life. Because God placed you there with a purpose. Amen? God placed you there specifically to make a difference in that world where He's placed you. And these are the five things. Number one, rest. Say rest. Today I want to talk about rest. And I want you to know it is probably the most important principle of the new believer. If you don't know how to rest in the finished work of Christ, you're always going to struggle with your identity. You're always going to struggle to have momentum. So my subtitle this morning is this. Rest produces motion. I know it sounds back to front, but when you rest, God works. When you work, God rests. So I don't know who you'd have rather working on your things, yourself or God. If you want God to be working, you've got to learn to rest. Number two, the second revelation is grace and faith work together, not independently. And you have camps in the, in the Christian world today. Some of them are preaching, you've got to have faith, you've got to have faith. And others are preaching, you've got to have grace, you've got to have grace. Well, you know what this preacher preaches? You need faith and grace because they work together. All right, number three, we said the third revelation you've got to catch, and we'll talk about these through December, is God has got you. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're going through, or what's happened in your life, God has got you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. And when you understand that, you'll start to experience the fifth revelation, which is God's love is always greater than what you're facing. All right? And then the fourth revelation we want to look at is God won't answer that. There are some prayers Christian pray. pray. Actually, I don't even call them prayer because the Bible says God answers prayer. But we as Christians sometimes pray prayers that God is never going to answer. And I want to talk about two of them that are really important for you and I to understand and recognize. And I'll explain why we say that. So let's dig into the first revelation this morning. Rest. Say, it is finished. All right. Now, Ephesians 2.6 is the first scripture I want us to turn to if we can. And it says in verse 6, And he has raised us up together. Say together. Right, so there's the partnership. He has raised us up together and made us sit. Say, made us. Right, he has made us sit where? He has made us sit together. Say, together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can I ask you this morning, where are you sitting? I know some of you are looking very confused. Well, I'm sitting in church. The pastor, come on. Is this a trick question? Absolutely. Because not only are you sitting in church today, you're also seated 
in heavenly places, in Christ. And if you and I don't recognize the significance of that, we will always fight our battles from a place of being a victim and not a victor. Say, I'm seated with Christ. All right? So here's the, here's the reality. To sit literally means, all right, if you go study this word, it literally means to be seated in union with Christ. You, you are one with Christ. You are in union with Him. And because you're in Him and because of the finished work of the cross, you are seated with Him in union in heavenly places. And you know, if you go study that word in the Greek, heavenly places, you know what it says? Far above. Say far above. So here's what I want you to catch today. Whatever you're facing in your life, you are seated far above it. Stop letting it dictate to you who you are, what you can do, and where you're going. Say, I'm seated above. When you spiritually can catch that in your spirit, it changes everything. Because how many you know when you're standing above, everything looks different? When you're down here and you're looking up, it looks big. But when you're up here looking down, it looks small. Say, I'm seated with Christ. So what we could say this morning is that rest is a spiritual posture. Say posture. Now, if you go to gym or CrossFit, you know posture is very important. Say posture. All right, so rest is a posture. Or we could say it like this. Rest is an attitude. What attitude do you have this morning? I know you're itching to do it. Look at the person next to you. Say you have such an attitude. <laughs> yes, you have a great attitude, amen? So, listen, rest is a posture or an attitude that you assume. And attitude is important because attitude determines your altitude. If you have the wrong attitude about things, it'll keep dragging you down. So, God wants you to realize this morning that you are seated in Christ, all right? And that attitude of rest, listen, rest creates motion. So when you're resting, actually you're not resting, your life is moving forward. Come on, say to yourself, say, self, my life is moving forward. Why? Because I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, here's the kicker. You're not just seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. Say the right hand. Now listen to this. The right hand biblically means this. You're in a position of strength and dominance. What did we learn last week? God created us in His image and He told us that we can have dominion. When Christ came, He restored us to the rightful place of seated at his right hand. And when you're seated at the right hand of someone, it means you're in a position of strength and dominance. It means you have been chosen. Say, I'm chosen. It means that you have been authorized and commissioned. Say, I have authority. And I have a mission. Here's the key. You don't just have authority to do anything. You have authority for the mission. So if you're not partnering with God today, you're going to misappropriate your authority and you're going to abuse your authority and it'll stop working for you.
In the Bible, we understand as we read the stories of the Bible, they faced physical giants. They faced physical armies. They faced physical battles. But how many know today, as Christians, we don't so much, we face physical challenges, but how many know they're not physical? They are spiritual. Because Paul said in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. So when we understand our fight is not a natural fight, it's a spiritual fight, and we fight that fight from a place of rest, guess what? We will have the victory. Look at the person next to you. Say, you will have the victory. You are not a victim this morning. You are a victor. Can you say amen? And when you start to see yourself as the victor, everything around you will begin to shift. Now, there's a very beautiful story in the book of Luke, chapter 5. We're not going to turn there. But you know it well when I relate it to you. uh, you'll, You'll recognize it straight away. Jesus, it says, is in the temple preaching... On the Sabbath. Very significant. Because what is the Sabbath? The day of rest. So Jesus is in the tabernacle preaching on the day of rest. And it says there was a man there who had a withered right arm. Alright. Now the right arm we just said speaks of what? Strength and position. But, but it also speaks of provision. Because how do you work to make money with your Hands. So his source of provision had been taken away from him in that his arm was with it. And what did Jesus say to him on the day of rest? Stretch out your arm, and as he did it, God healed him. Now listen, here's the significance of the story. He didn't just do a supernatural healing. He restored the man's ability to provide for himself. So when you rest, God gives you motion. God brings momentum into your life. Can you say amen? So rest is the key partnership that produces victory in our lives. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, and let's dig into this a little bit this morning. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear. Say fear. Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For if indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them... Please underline this in your Bible. Highlight it if you have a smart apparatus. Write it down on your brain right now. If you don't have either of those, write it on the person's hand that's sitting next to you. Look what it says. The word which they heard did not. Say did not. It did not what? Profit them. If we were living in today's society, it would be like this. We came to Raymond South Coast Family Church to hear the word preached. But the word preached that they heard did not profit them. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to church every week for the rest of my life and leave the same way I came in. Leave not knowing what is my next step. How am I going to apply my life? Because if the word is preached and you don't mix it with faith and rest, it's not going to produce anything in your life, church. So he says, the word which was preached, they heard, but it did not profit them. Look at the next statement. Not being mixed. Say mix it. Say if you want to fix it, you've got to mix it. Come on, turn to the person next to you. Say if you want to fix it, you've got to mix it. What do you have to mix? You've got to mix your faith with the word. If you want the word to profit your life, you've got to mix it with faith. 
And so not having, uh, not having been mixed with faith in, in those, say in those who heard it. For we who have believed, underline, we have believed do what? Enter the rest. Now what did we learn last week? We've got to speak the word. But before we speak the word, we've got to believe the word. And when you believe the word, this is how you know you're starting to believe the word. You rest. You enter the rest because this is what you do. You recognize if God said it, that settles it, I believe it. And so rest comes inwardly. You can be going crazy in your brain, reasoning everything out. But when you hear the word, there's a rest that comes internally. While everything is crazy around you, internally, you, you start to say, God said it, I believe it. Amen? All right? So, for those who have believed to enter the rest, as he said, I saw swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished. Say the works are finished. From the foundation of the world. Here's the reality. Listen. You can never do anything to earn your salvation. It is a free gift. And when you recognize God has gifted you with salvation and he has raised you up and made you sit in heavenly places, it is part of your inheritance and your covenant to live at the right hand of the Father in the place of rest. You never have to strive and struggle again for your identity. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are God's champion. You are God's victor. You are God's overcomer. No weapon formed against your life can prosper because your righteousness comes from him. Now, that doesn't mean, please understand, doesn't mean you never go through anything. Man, I wish that was true. No, no, you're going to go through a lot. As a matter of fact, any preacher who said, just get saved, everything will be all right, he lied. This is what he should have said. Get saved and fight battles for the rest of your life. But here's the reality. Even if you didn't get saved, you're going to fight battles for the rest of your life. When you get saved, you have the equipment to win. You have the power to overcome. You have the battle is the Lord's and not yours. Can you say amen? (laughs) Where would you rather live? So here's the key this morning. Please don't just flop this off and think it's not important. There is a rest that God needs you to walk in if you want to access what he has in mind for you. You cannot do it in your own strength. God is stretching us as a church next year. God is putting things on our radar that are far beyond what you and I could ever accomplish in our own ability. And it's awesome. You know why? Because it's got us back on our knees. It's got us realizing we cannot, but He can. It's got us in a place where God, if I'm not resting in you at your right hand, this ain't going to happen. But the opposite is true. If I'm seated and I'm resting in Christ, The motion, the momentum that comes from God's presence will drive you forward into His perfect will for your life. I know some of you are getting convicted this morning because you're realizing, ah, I haven't been resting. Bump the person next to you and say, it must be you. All right, look at the empty chair. Say, yeah, it said, okay, didn't come this morning. Definitely him or her. Let me give you an example. How many remember Psalm 1? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, who stands not in the place of sinners, 
who does not sit in the place of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law he meditates when? Day and night. So rest is meditating in the word, day and night. Now look at the paradox of the Christian life. If you're trying in your own strength, guess what's happening? You're walking where sinners walk. And if you're walking on your own, you're going to end up standing. And if you're standing, you're going to end up sitting. How many of you just look at the person next to you? So you're just sitting around? Oh, I'm just waiting for something to happen. You know, I wish the Lord had come through for me. You know. Trusting God for years. <laughs> I don't know if it could happen. But listen, here's the opposite is true when you serve God. You don't start walking. You start sitting. So in the natural, you walk, then you stand, and then you sit. In the kingdom of God, you go sit, then God stands you up, and when He stands you up in strength, you start walking. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who wait on the Lord. What is waiting? Position of seat. Position of seat. <clears throat> Let's just work with that, alright? Bad English, but you get the point. So when, you, when you're serving God, you start seated at the feet of Jesus. You hear his word. You get his presence. You catch the spirit and the heart of what God is saying to you. And then when you get that, how you know you can stand up and say, you know, I've been bitter and upset with things, but now I can stand on the word and I can forgive. And guess what? When you act on what you're standing on, you start walking. Rest brings motion. So what I had to do with my own life, and listen, get this this morning. I don't get up here and preach at you. I get up and preach to you what God's preached to me. Otherwise, I'm missing the mark. I don't go and look for sermons. I go sit at the feet of God and realize, okay, Leah, here's what you've got to do. Stop walking in your own strength. Stop trying to stand against the enemy in your own ability because all you end up doing is sitting in the seat of the scornful. Rise up, get into God's presence, get alone with God, get in His glory, let His presence fill your heart, and then you'll have the word that you believe. And when you start to speak the word you believe, you stand on the word. And when you stand on the word, you start walking in step with the spirit of God. Can you say amen this morning? Say my life is about to get so much better. I can't say it with a bit of faith like you actually believe it. Isaiah 40, 29 says what? He gives power to the faint. It's not on the screens. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths will faint and be weary. Young men will get exhausted. But, say but, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. What does it say? They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Are you weary? Are you fainting? Maybe you're doing it on your own strength. Because I don't know about you, we are in need of supernatural results. I don't just want results, I want supernatural. I, listen, don't get me wrong, I'm very excited church is quite full this morning. But I'm not going to be happy 
until all these seats are full every service, every time we open. And it is so full that we've got to start another service so that we can accommodate all the people that are standing at the gate every week to say, when can we come in to a service? And then that service gets so full that we've got to break out the walls and literally buy the building next door so we can expand and put a mezzanine level up. And then we're going to start a camp. Come on, church. I know some of you are just getting tired hearing me speak. Okay, stop doing it in the flesh. Start resting. We let God do it. Can you say amen? And I'm serious. We need supernatural results. And supernatural results only happen when you stop trying and you let God start doing. Can I remind you, it's also not in my notes this morning, but don't worry, the sound guys, they're just so amazing. They'll stay with the program. Luke 5 verse 3 to 7. Jesus comes out and he says to Peter, Peter, how's your fishing trip gone? And he's like, it's terrible. We've toiled all night and caught nothing. And what what does Jesus say? Throw your nets on the other side. And what does Peter say? Lord, listen, we have toiled, we have worked, we have tried so hard all night and caught nothing. But, look at the person next to you, say, get your butt out of the way. But, listen, at your word, at your word, we'll do it. And guess what happened? They literally got a net-breaking boat sinking supernatural harvest that they had to call all their partners to help them bring in the harvest. Woohoo! So what are you resting in this morning? Let's read on. Hebrews chapter 4. Are you glad you came to church? All right, we're getting somewhere. Verse 9, it says, still in Hebrews 4. Therefore, there remains a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, listen, he who has entered his rest himself has ceased from his works as God did from his. (laughs) Look at the person next to you say, God is resting. But let me just tell you, when God rests, there's a lot of things that happen. Because he just speaks and it happens for the rest of eternity. Let us therefore be diligent, say be diligent, to enter that rest, lest anyone should fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit and joints of manner, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, God's word will begin to show you and discern for you what's in your heart, what's going on, how you need to shift things, how you need to move forward with things. You don't know in your own knowing, in your own knowledge, but when you rest in God, he begins to let the word minister to you. And it says there's no creature hidden. Say, there's no one hidden. Maybe you think you've been hidden. Maybe you think you've been forgotten. No, no, no. God doesn't forget you ever. Life might cover you up. Circumstance might contaminate you. Life may beat you down. But I want you to know, God never forgets about you. God loves you. God is mad about you. God is passionate about you. And if you'll just start walking towards Him and just say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to come into your presence because you said, if I'm born again, I'm justified, I'm righteous, your blood has cleansed me, I have access to you, God will start to work in your heart. Can you say amen? So we must recognize this one thing is so true that you've got to believe and trust in God's faithfulness this morning. Amen? 
and start to live from that place of rest. Let me give you another scripture quickly. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13. It ties into this. And since we have the same spirit, say I have the same spirit. I have a spirit of faith. As it is written according to the word. I believed and therefore I spoke. Listen, we also believe and therefore we speak. So can you see the, can you see the pattern? I come and rest in God's presence. I get his word. And how do I know I've got his word and I'm believing it? Because I'm resting. All right? And then what do I do? I start speaking it. So some people today in the church, and I've done this, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing you at all. I've had to check this in my own life. We walk around speaking because we've become, it's like Christian ease, you know, that's the right thing to say. It's just become part of us. So we just say a whole lot of stuff. Listen, stop saying stuff. Look at the person next to you. Say, keep quiet a bit. Okay, I'm being too nice. Okay, just look at the person next to you. Say, shut up. In the nicest way, okay, I'm being as kind as I can be. Sometimes you just need to keep quiet, listen, until you know what you believe. Until you believe what you know, the word says. Then, and then when you speak, there's a power. It's like a two-edged sword. When you open your mouth, there's a power that starts to come out. And that power is electrifying because it comes from the spirit of the living God. Can you say amen? And so then you'll start to see. Now let me give you a couple of points that will help us bring this all together this morning. Here's why rest is important. Number one, rest shows the Lord that you're trusting him and not yourself. Number two, rest shows and keeps you positioned in your walk of peace. Hear me now. You cannot have peace if you're not resting. So rest positions you in your peace and keeps you walking in peace. Now remember what we taught earlier in this year. Your position determines your condition. But also your condition determines your Position, they work together. So if you're not happy with your condition, guess what you've got to do? Change your position. Amen? And get yourself positioned. So rest keeps your peace walking. Number three, rest keeps your joy active. Because rest protects you from complaining. When you're resting in God, even though everything is falling around you, you know what you believe. You know who you trust. You know what you're looking to God for. And so guess what? You keep your joy. And how many you know the Bible says in Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you feel like your spiritual strength is going, it means your joy is inactive, which probably means it's a flag you're not resting anymore. You're getting into the flesh and you're trying to do things in your own strength. Number four. Thank you. Rest produces gratitude. I have never met anyone that's resting in God that is ungrateful, that is mean and complaining. As a matter of fact, whenever I meet someone who's only complaining, they're telling me I don't rest and so I don't believe. Because when you're resting, it brings a gratitude in your heart. Because you know what? You focus on who God is and not what you're going through. You focus on God and so guess what happens? You start to be thankful. You Lord, thank you. Thank you. Yes, Lord, I don't have everything together yet, but thank God. I'm here today. Look at the person next to you. Say you're here today. Okay, say it with a bit of conviction. Say I'm here today. 
Listen, if you're here, God is not finished with you. If you're here, it means God had an appointment with you this morning because He knew you'd be sitting in this church today worshiping Him and hearing His Word. He had a plan for you. He had a purpose for you. He wanted you to hear today that it's not over, that He's not finished with you, that you still have hope in your life. You can still move forward with your life. And so when you rest, you start to look at the things you have and not the things you don't have. Oh, come on, if we're going to worship Him, let's just do it properly. Hallelujah. So when, when my mouth and my heart starts to want to complain and gripe and moan, I've got to zip my lip and just say, hang on, Larry, stop stepping out of your rest. God has got this. God is able. If you're here and you need to be doing this, trust God. Don't think that Mandy and I live a supernatural life. We get up every morning, God winds us up and everything goes fine. (laughs) Believe you me, it ain't so. No, you know, sometimes it's like that guy said, do you wake up grumpy in the morning? I said, no, I let her sleep. Don't worry, I'm the one who wakes up grumpy in the morning, so I can bite her on that. She, we could have the worst argument, we, and we don't argue a lot, and most times when we do argue, we don't go to sleep till we sort it out. But on the odd occasion when it happens, I'm such a, I'm such a blessed husband, because I know we'll wake up the next morning and Mandy's forgotten about it. She wakes up and she's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. Are we good? It's like, yeah, I've forgotten about the fight. Let's just go on, and I'm like, Alrighty. So if anyone lets Grumpy sleep, it's man who lets me sleep. But here's the reality. It's like this. Let me just let me tell you about this little story. I won't give you the details. This week, we had a, a family situation with someone in the church. We busy dealing with it, and then Manny says, "No, we must see the son." I'm like, "What do you mean, son? We don't have an appointment." It's like, "Well, you don't always need an appointment." I said, "Yeah, well, I've got things to do." He says, "No, no, I feel we need to see this person." So I'm like, in my, I didn't tell her this. In my head, I'm like. Well, if you want to see this person, you see them. She, know, she knew my body language was saying that, but let's just pretend she didn't know. I'm like, you see him then. I've got stuff to do. I want to go home and relax. What a great pastor. <laughs> Pray for me. So now I'm having this conversation and I'm like, okay, well, what time is this person going to be at? I'll be at this time. Like, All right. When you complain and moan, guess what? You're not resting. And then the Holy Spirit arrests you and he says, what did you preach on Sunday, Larry? And your message comes back to haunt you. So then I have to adjust my attitude and I'm trying to be nice and kind and smile and the inside I'm going, I'm smiling on the outside, but on the inside I'm very upset. (laughs) Now listen, so then like a good pastor, I'm like, fine, babes, we'll see the person. And now I even get myself to pray for the person, like, Lord, help us to just minister to this person. And I'm like, doing fine. And then he arrives an hour late. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Half an hour in, I'm like, do you know it's disrespectful, eh? You could have at least phoned and told us that he's going to be late. I'm giving him five minutes, then I'm out of here. So Manny's like, that's fine. If you've got to go, you've got to go. And I'm like, Shh. can't you just get upset with me for once? So here's the thing. After all that, we sit with a person. 
God moves in his life. He sends us a message the next week. Now, this is a person who's been turned off for God for a long time. He sends Mandy a message. He says, you know, I enjoyed so much having your company yesterday and you taking time to speak to me. Then he says this, when can we do it again? (laughs) And will you ask Pastor Larry if he can also be there? I'm like, really? Okay, I get it. So there's two lessons. Number one, when you rest, God moves in spite of you. And then I do humble my heart and say, God, wow, I could have in my flesh done what I wanted to and missed what you wanted to do. Bump the person next to you say, it must be you this morning. It can't always be Pastor Larry. So, so when you rest, you remain thankful. Because here's the reality. So I lost two hours, but a life was changed. Amen. And I still got to go home, have a nice dinner, sit and watch my sport, watch Man United win for a change. Everyone else gets excited, and I'm like, well, we win one, lose two. I'm not going to get overly excited about this. Change my team. <laughs> Isn't you chirping me now just because... So, all right, let me get back to the message. So rest produces... A grateful heart. And then the final one, number five. Rest will keep your attention focused on God and not on yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about God and what He wants to do through us. Can you say amen? Who He wants to touch, who he wa- where He wants you to get in your life so that you can make an impact. So you can create your world and change lives. Hallelujah. That's what it's about. That's what our new vision is about. Can you say amen? That's what makes the most impact. So resting in your covenant creates an atmosphere where God can start producing God results and not man's results. Can you say amen? My time is nearly up. So I want you to just quickly turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll pick it up next time. And we read from verse 4. Listen to this. Let me me just say this again. When you rest in your covenant, it creates an atmosphere that produces godly results and outcomes in your life. And here's the amazing thing that I've discovered. When you're resting in God, it's not even about the outcome. You're not even focused on what you're trusting God for or what the outcome is. Why? Because you're just resting and you're enjoying God. And you're like, that's such an adventure. Because it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against you. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are happening. You're resting in God. And when you're resting in God, you know that you know that you know that God's going to take care of things. Even if it's not right now. So you walk with this confidence and this assurance that God is on your side. So look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we have such trust through Christ towards God. Not that, listen, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Who also made us sufficient? Say, I'm sufficient. As the ministers of this new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Jesus knows what you actually need, even more than you think you know what you need. So trust Him. 
rest in him. Verse 7 goes on and says, But if the ministry of death written on stones was glorious, that the children of Israel could not look steadily on on Moses' face because of the glory of his countenance, the glory that was passing away. You know why Moses covered his face? Not because the glory was too much. He was scared the glory was going. And he didn't want the people to see it. And so it goes on and it says, If that was glorious... How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? In other words, the ministry that comes out of your life when you rest in God and you trust Him for your ministry, for your life, for your children, for your finances, for what you're going through in your life, how much more glorious won't that be? Look at the person next to you say, I'm resting. I've decided. Know beyond a doubt today that Christ's provision in your life will exceed your expectation. Verse 9, for the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds that glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels that. For what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much glorious. You see, while you're going through stuff, you don't even see it. God's stripping things out of your life that don't need to be there anymore so that you can come out and shine with the fragrance of His love. Even the things designed by the enemy to destroy you, God will switch them, turn them. Even the things that people have meant to break you down, God will use them to build you up. Hallelujah. Bump the person next to you say, you cannot lose if you rest in God. Can you say amen? All right, now, sorry, I'm getting somewhere. Look at verse 12, chapter 3. Are we good there? Yes, we're right there. Verse 12. Therefore, say therefore, since we have this hope, what hope? That if we rest in God, if we trust God, if we look to God and we have this confidence through Christ in God, if we do that, listen, we have this hope, we use great boldness of speech. Now comes the boldness. Now comes the talking. Now comes that that attitude. People will even maybe think it's arrogance, but it's not because you're coming from a place of humility, but you just know that you know what God says. What God says about you, what God says you are, is unchangeable. Amen? And if you know you're humble, let them think you're arrogant. It's fine. If you're being humble and you're just doing what God tells you, verse 13, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds are blinded even until this day when the, when the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, the veil lies on their hearts. Look at verse 16. Nevertheless, say nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Say, God is transforming me. The Holy Spirit is doing a work in me. Why? So that I can be in the same image from glory to glory. I want to encourage you this morning. Decide to rest in your covenant. Decide to rest in Jesus inwardly and God will keep you aligned with his purpose for your life as you create your world. And so do we have our vision video? That's why our new vision is so powerful. Become a disciple of Christ. Become a follower of Christ so that you can be and do what God's called you to do. Just want to show it to you. We're going to be explaining it in detail in the new year. See?
church, that means every believer, a leader, every leader, a disciple. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are today, what you're going through, you have the potential to be a disciple of Christ. You have the potential within you to win others to Christ and to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? And so when you and I step into that, we realize and we start to embrace our mission in life. Amen? And when you embrace your mission, you you start to be in step with who and what God says you are. And so that brings me to my second revelation, which we'll touch next time. Grace and faith always work together. And I just want to say this. Grace makes God's provision available. Faith takes God's provision and makes it a reality. And that's why grace and faith need to work together. Amen. And we'll pick that up next time. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Just for this moment, if you're online, thank you for joining us today. But would you close your eyes right now and let's just trust God together. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you once did that. But for whatever reason, life got messed up and you just walked away from your covenant. You maybe didn't understand what was happening. And you know today you're not where you need to be. You're not positioned in rest. You're not sure even of your salvation. This is your day. This is your moment. So on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to lift up your hand and say, Today, I'm making a decision for Jesus. I'm making a decision to accept Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. We're going to pray a prayer with you now from Romans chapter 10. We're going to put it on the screen. You're going to pray that prayer and Christ is going to come and live in your life. So if that's you this morning, even online, you don't have to put your hand up if you're online because you're in your own place, but you can respond in your heart and say, today I'm praying that prayer. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you this morning. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Don't be shy this morning. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Maybe you're raising your heart online. Right now, we're going to pray with you and lead you in a prayer. If you raise that hand, I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. No one's looking. It's between you and God. Just stand to your feet right where you are. There's some more of you. There's a, there's a conviction in your, in your heart, in your mind right now. You know what is happening. I feel like I've got to do it. It's God speaking to you. Just stand to your feet quickly. Just stand right where you are. That's it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Now, I'm going to ask you to just step out from where you are and just go to the back. One of our pastors or a few of our pastors want to meet you. We'll look after you. If you raise your hand, don't be embarrassed. Stand up. Jesus said this, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. If you've, if you've raised your heart online, then you're simply going to send us on WhatsApp or send us an email and let us know today you prayed that prayer. We'd like to contact you. We'd like to phone you. There's an email. You can send it to us right now. Church, pray with me. And if you're standing at the back, pray this prayer right now. If you confess with your mouth Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're rededicating your life, just pray this prayer and just be sincere. Let's pray together with him. Say, Father, today I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead and I receive him into my heart as my Savior right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Woo!